Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we stand, recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Hi, everyone. Um, It's Talia. I'm about to introduce the episode, but I just thought I'd jump in here really quickly and say that this is actually uh, a part two episode. Um, We interviewed uh, Zane C. Weber, who is the producer for uh, That's Not Canon Productions, and the interview went for a little bit longer, um, so we thought instead of cutting half of the good material that we had, we'd split it into two episodes. So um, if you're just listening to this now, if this is where you're starting, go back an episode and listen to that one first. Slight little bit, um, but where where does um, gender fall into this for you? Um, well, at, same with presumed heterosexuality, and then again labeling myself as gay. Mm. I would up until a couple of years ago would have just been I'm a man because mm. I have male genitalia. Uh, the end. But when I went through that period of celibacy and total disconnect from sexual activity. I really came to realize that gender really and gender presentation really doesn't affect me uh, in any real internal sense. Mm -hmm. It's really just how I present to the world. Um, So I'm not really interested. Like I maybe a quarter of my wardrobe is women's clothes, Um, not particularly not drag or anything. It's just something that I'm comfortable wearing because, Mm -hmm. and honestly, women get such a better wardrobe than men. Like yeah. that. <laughs> the, di- yeah. the diversity of cuts is and much colors. better. Yeah. Colors is much better, but the quality of men's clothes is better because they have, have less. Yeah. Um, men have men have pockets. Men also yeah. usually mm-hmm. have They're, better manufacturing and better yeah. quality fabrics because there's less uh, stencils. But yeah. uh, when one calls themselves the gentleman peacock, you need to have an impressive wardrobe. Yes, that's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> Zane, the gentleman peacock, because that's um, like the whole idea that you're um, like from what I'm understanding is that gender's kind of like gender presentation is kind of meaningless to you. Yes. Um, so which makes it interesting to me that you identify as homoromantic, which to my understanding is you experience romantic attraction to only men. Yes, and I think that uh, romantic attraction is different to gender identity yeah. very, very clearly um, in that I have only ever experienced romantic feelings towards men um, or male-presenting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that that's just 
a quirk of my particular makeup is that yeah. I can experience romance with men, but I just have never with a woman. Um, and guys, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can, I, can I ask what what do you feel um, is romance to you? Because I feel like a lot of people have a lot of different definitions for that. And romance is very tied with sexuality. Yeah. yeah. So romance and I guess love is a a form of dependence on someone else and appreciation of someone else, putting someone else above yourself mm-hmm. for whatever reasons you have. Um, and romance can in, be unhealthy in some situations mm. because of that very, that nature. Um, so I, when I have experienced love and, and, and romantic attraction, it has always been something that I've been very upfront about and saying, mm. this is how I feel. And I try to put as little, uh, I guess, burden on the other person because I don't want to, I don't want them to assume that this means any obligation for sex or other romance as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a rather unemotional person. I don't, I don't find that I feel things as deeply or as strongly as many other people that I interact with on a daily basis. Um, so romances and particularly strong romances have been few and far between. Um, so I, I, romance, while I'm not close to it, um, I'm not actively seeking it out either. Um, I find that I am very happy by myself and I do need true alone time where I'm not taking anyone else into account to maintain my own mental health. Which yeah. is good and a thing you should do. Sure. Self-awareness there. Yeah. Congrats. Self-awareness. <laughs> that's a that's a whole journey. And yeah, definitely like um we we kind of live in a world where like uh romantic relationships are put on this pedestal mm. and it's very, very easy to become um codependent on a person which can be very dangerous. Yes, um, yeah. And like I'm definitely a person that um, that I've made that mistake a couple of times and um, you you definitely uh, lose yourself and your own identity in the process and it's really hard to kind of build yourself back up again. Mm. Um, and so to be self-aware enough to be like, hey, I don't necessarily need another person in, an, in a society that tells you that, if you're alone, there's something wrong with you is quite um, pretty badass thing to do. <laughs> well, it's just it's just one uh, another realisation that you come to along what well, I've come to along my journey. The first is that I am a, that I was attracted to to men. The second is that I'm because of that, I'm not going to have the get married, have lots of children life. And then it was why is everyone so obsessed with sex? It just seems weird to me. (laughs) And then leading on that leads you to analyze what, well, at least for me, I overthink everything. And so um, it leads you to analyze exactly what it is that you want and what is healthy for you, um, which in my case is a lot of alone time. Uh I prefer friendships. I have a lot of strong friendships that I prefer over romantic relationships. Um, and I would probably um, incentivize that over a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I guess this 
I mean, this isn't, I've never been in a poly relationship, but I can definitely imagine myself as part of yeah. uh, a poly relationship where I am just a romantic partner and they are sexual they, together. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people in my explorations have asked these very questions like, mm-hmm. um, because again, in the kink community, they're very upfront about who are you, what are you after, Absolutely. what can we offer you, um, sort of things. And so this is questions that have been asked that I have answered mm. in my own head. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess like my other question would be like, oh, geez. My other question would be um, did you ever kind of feel because I um, – I feel like sometimes because we live in a society that is so, and it is getting better, but it is we very live in focused. a society, guys. <laughs> yeah, a single um, we live in this society where it is getting better, but uh, is still very much focused on the heteronormative um, concept of family. Um, and heteronormative, allonormative. If I can just. But in there yes, and be sorry. a little radical, no, of course. Little radical bitch for half That's a exactly what I mean. Heteronormative and allonormative society where you grow up and you get married and you have kids. Have you ever kind of felt um, in like in the best possible way, like have you ever felt any sort of sense of like loss or even like, you know, FOMO? Like it's a, have you ever felt anything um, like that to kind of – I have. I have an older sister. Uh, quite quite an older sister. So I grew up through high school um, with young nephews and nieces and I loved kids. I love kids. I continue to love kids. I think kids are great and I love spending time with children. Um, and there was a little bit of grief when that truth hit home around 15, 16, um, that that traditional life was probably not in the – Probably not, gonna happen for you. <laughs> Probably not in my timeline. Um, and then I, I I think I dealt with that fine. But then when you come out to your family, which I did when I was uh, early 20s, mm-hmm. you have to deal with that again because it's their grief that the life that they've imagined for you isn't happening as well. Yeah. And I had a very I had a great coming out experience. All of my family took it very responsibly. Um, they accepted me straight up and then – they went away and if they had problems with it, they dealt with it by themselves and never put that on me. Um, That's really great. That's lovely. Yeah, particularly because I was I was worried about the men particularly in my family Absolutely. because I'd only ever heard them make fun of gay people. Mm. Um, which and it, it can be quite yeah. um, like, I mean, I'm not a parent, but as a parent, you know, I in my experience with having parents, um, <laughs> they want the best for you and yeah, they have yeah. they have an uh, an expectation that they have um, and then when that doesn't eventuate that can be like a process of grief um, and I guess that's okay as long as as long as like you say they don't kind of project that onto you because it's not really something that you can help you no, know no. like um, you know this isn't really a choice but yeah and like, I'd never I'd never hidden it either because at that absolutely. point I had had relationships um, and I, I was always while I wasn't 100% up front um, because, of course, there were other people to take into, into account, yeah. I, never, I never lied about my sexuality. I never mm. pretended to have girlfriends or be interested in girls. Mm. Um, so when, so when, it wasn't a complete shock but it was still something that they yeah. had to come to terms with, yeah, a truth absolutely. that they had to learn. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but, yeah, there is definitely like it is 
like I would just want to say it is definitely okay to, um, you know, be queer but still feel sad about not having that heteronormative, um, allonormative thing um, because that's kind of what is idealised. Yeah, it is. is. It definitely is. And, like, I get what you're saying. Like, you do go through this moment where you're like, oh, um, okay. Guess I'm never going to get married and have my 2.4 kids. This is is something that I – it's less likely I will achieve it. Not not so much that you won't, but it is less likely that it will happen. Um, yeah. Um, when you do, when you do come out, do you come yeah. out, um, in a, in a certain way? Is there a certain label that you prefer or do you just give the whole mouthful? Um, usually I'll just say asexual. Okay. Um, mm. uh, the agender thing I, I feel doesn't affect anyone other than myself yeah. because yeah. I'm not going to change how I'm presenting, um, in certain situations where I think it would be beneficial for the people who I'm talking to, um, to AKA know that right I, now. yeah, AKA right now where it would be supportive of them to know that they're dealing with someone who is genderqueer. Mm. Um, I definitely will. Mm. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not hiding who I am, Mm-mm. but I'm not seeking out, uh, avenues to, tell people yeah. um, who I am. So You're on most of my social media. existing as a human. Yeah. On most <laughs> of my social media I have my pronouns listed as he, him, they, them. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much as far as the agenda presentation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, most, uh, again, social media stuff, they don't have an asexual option. They just, if they have any option, it's men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is oh, why my God. This that's is something why... that I haven't even. Mm. This is why I never fill any of that in. Um, it's not worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I come from an era before both of yours. I'm uh, where wizened <laughs> saved. <laughs> I, I lived before Facebook. Uh, <laughs> um, back, in, back in the dark, dark days of MySpace. Oh, oh God! <laughs> I actually Has- went onto MySpace the other day. It's still she's still kicking. It's, it's all music oh, now, it's isn't it? It's got a revamp. Yeah. It's very sexy. Oh, <laughs> How is the uh, the emo profile picture treating you? The emo Can profile Can we please picture? post some sort of like young Zane <laughs> emo stage photo? Um, the closest I came to an emo f- profile picture, I don't think I've ever had an emo profile. I never went through an emo phase. Damn. I did. I went through a bit of a vape, but then I realised I wasn't sad enough. <laughs> um <laughs> I was like, I'm going to wear black and listen to that one good Charlotte song. <laughs> I never had that phase. I wore fishnet gloves and that was it. They were lime green. I wore them for about. Christ. Yeah. Um, I wore them for about two weeks and then they had less holes in them than they started with. I went through a reverse emo phase where I only wore light colours <laughs> and, and white for a for a few months. A, be- a gay beacon. <laughs> <laughs> And I, d- I don't even remember the reasoning behind it. I just know I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's how you go. <laughs> One day you just wake up and you're like, I'm feeling pastely, and the pastels haunt your life for the next couple of months. Um. So when you moved to Brisbane, what was what was different between Brisbane and your hometown? That kink life. That kink uh, life. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Um, but it's a life with a Y. I just want life. to stress it's a life with a Y. Uh. Well, I grew up in Bundaberg and there are Ooh, maybe six out gay people in Bundaberg. Regional Queensland, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. the queer hubs. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's very common for, for queer kids to leave mm. 
those places because it is very hard not only to meet people but also just to be the token gay wherever you go um be it workplaces or social groups or nightclubs uh there isn't many gay or queer spaces in regional regional queensland uh so when i came to brisbane just the just the amount of networking possibilities and of course all your friends want to take you to the gay clubs. Uh, and uh, the beach. Yes. <laughs> and the, I believe the Sportsman was my first one. We went to a drag oh, show there. Damn. Uh, and the-, the Vic was also a, uh, a big gay bar for a long time. Not so much anymore. Yeah, I realised very quickly that clubbing and the bar scene was not my cup oh, of it's tea. It's pure and unadulterated trash. It's $11 <laughs> for a vodka Red Bull and I am seething. What 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 I'm going to do in <laughs> in my middle age? I'm going to open up a cafe, um, <laughs> yeah. and it is it is just a quick going, cafe. It's just going to be a quick cafe, guys. Um, that's you can catch me retiring <laughs> as long as you um, don't charge eleven dollars for a vodka Red Bull. It's fine. I think we'll be in alcohol free space just just for me <laughs> and Zane. Neither Zane and I drink um, in front of a big window that everyone can observe yeah. but not interact. With. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, down down the bottom underneath the windowsill, it says uh, "Drinkers don't interact." Um, I, what what are we going to call this cafe? Oh, uh, look. I'm I'm gonna have to brainstorm it for a bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're not gonna play with me in this space. I'll, say, I'll say I'll send it to a to a focus group. Okay. Uh, marketing's very important. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh please. <laughs> so um, what was like you you turned up you you see all these wonderful wonderful things that you can network with. Um, what's been your favorite experience? Favorite experience, honestly. I met with a group of uh, a group of guys who are into pup play. Oh, now, this is an interesting start to a story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, pup play. I actually kind of lo- like it. It weeks me out a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to kink shame, but for me, it's just a little bit like I don't get it. You're a little Absolutely. kink same. Huh? You're a little kink same. Oh no, kink you're kink same. No. What the? What is that? <laughs> we'll come back to that. We'll come to that. We'll come back we'll, to that. We'll cut this. We'll cut this. Uh, pup play intrigues and confuses me. Um, but please go on. Because- I I was in exactly the same boat because again, that's kind of my approach to all <laughs> anything. Um, that's my approach honestly, to life, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was out of out of curiosity um, that I I met this guy who was into pup play, and he said, oh, "You should come along and just see how how." It, how you feel. Um, And again, pup play is one of these things where it can be sexual, but it's not inherently sexual. So there uh, in this group, there was a a straight guy who just liked pup play. He wasn't into any sort of uh, sex involved with it. He just, it was just that headspace of being a puppy and pretending to, or at least getting in the headspace of play without any human responsibilities. Um, and I think that sort of headspace and uh, could, there's so little responsibility there after you've kind of gone through the safety things and what's okay and what isn't okay. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of joy to be found in that space. And it was lots of fun. I did not identify with it, um, but the guys were all great, very friendly, um, and again, just this the space of 
of play rather than just um, orgasm, mm. which can definitely be uh, a real thing in at least the gay community is show up, get off and leave. No sleepovers. No sleepovers. <laughs> Can we just clarify um, just a very brief description of pop play? It is a sub kink that um, plays into the idea that you become a puppy or a dog and you have a handler. So in kink, often um, the roles are divided into dominant and sub mm-hmm. um, or subservient. Um, so the pup would be the sub and the handler would be the dom. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's, that's, uh, like it's it's also not gender specific. There are there are female pups and and female handlers. Um, this particular group was was all male, but mm. yeah, it was it was it was a very different scene to pretty much every every kink experience that I've had yeah, up to then, definitely. where it is a lot about um, a lot about the power dynamics. Definitely, without, absolutely. Without, but the, they still had the power dynamics, but it was about the joy of testing yeah. those boundaries and being released of being a human. Rather than like, yeah. um, which is quite often the case with, with kink, rather than humiliation, degradation, pain, like that mm. sort of thing, which, yeah, is can be like enjoyable for people. But it's definitely interesting to be in a space where it's very much focused on hanging out, having a good time yeah. while still having yeah. that aspect of someone else is here to look after me and I don't really have to do anything. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which can be really great for some people. Um, I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm sorry. Have... I took it to a weird place. No, no, <laughs> no it's fascinating. No, it is fascinating. I, I again, I, I think it is really um, important that we, we talk about these kind of things. Mm. Um, I just, I don't know me personally. I, I always get, um, Oh, properly phrase this um i always think it's it's just really um interesting that even though asexuality is the basis of um you know we do not experience sexual attraction Mm. sexuality is something almost inherently foreign to us kink and sex always comes up in the discussions about it and we always always end up talking about sex more when we're talking about asexuality it's kind of like this weird paradox so to me it's always kind of weird when when i sit down um with an ace guest and then we just end up talking about it because yeah and it's really interesting to hear everyone's experiences as weird as they may be um so yeah do you have like any advice for anybody who's like questioning or like identifies in a similar way i would say obviously if you're young and you're in an oppressive environment Mm. this won't always work for you but radical honesty radical kindness are kind of the basis of what i think the the queer and king community can get behind um if you're always 100 honest about if i personally was had always been 100 honest and and open about what I was feeling and the confusion that I was having, I think my journey would have to get to where I am now, which may or may not be more well-adjusted than where I was 10 years ago, would have been a lot shorter and a lot more comfortable. Um, I very much got into the headspace of figuring things out by myself without talking about it with anyone else. And that, especially during my teenage years, became like a defining part of my personality um, and really separated me from a lot of people and experiences because I was 
I was not sure of who I was and what I was doing, so I hid from everyone. Uh, so I think if you are questioning, even if you're open that you're like, right now I am attracted to this person mm. and I'm interested in doing these things, even if it's just to your friends or supportive members of your community, I think being radically honest, like in this moment I am feeling this and this is who I am in a, in a non-judgmental space and others being open, being open to hearing that from people who are different than you. Um, the number of, I, I have this advice because of the number of uh, heterosexual cis people that I have played therapist to because they've come to me with their issues because I'm the parent of the friend group. Mm. Um, if that existed for all the queer kids, I think that would drastically ease a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. um, and so always be open to the people around you and then always be honest with the people around mm -hmm. you. That doesn't always include authority figures, unfortunately, um, when it comes to parents, et cetera, and, and guardians. But fi find your community. They are out there. And, yeah, I think that's. Be safe and be open. Yeah. Wholesome. Beautiful. And be kind. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a minimum of judgment is really what you want to aim for in mm. your life. Yeah. Yeah. Be be accepting to the knowledge that will be imparted onto you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for cool. coming onto the podcast. Thank you for no being um, here and talking at the same time. <laughs> thank you for uh, having us on the network. Um, I just want to do a, a brief little plug on That's Not Canon Productions because you guys oh, are do. amazing um, and you have – The podcast would – not work. We, we would actually all. not exist. We wouldn't without exist without. That's not canon. Um, well, I was so happy when uh, Megan and Jonathan approached me about doing the podcast because I, I I love the idea of doing a a podcast that's tied specifically to the queer community and the mm -hmm. location and queer education. I, I think there's not enough of it, and there's not enough free resources for people who are, are looking and, and, and questioning and curious. So, yeah, this is this is what TNC is about. It's about getting people's voices out there. Yeah. And, nice. and I've, had, I've actually had someone say to me, like, they haven't ever heard of something like this. So maybe we are breaking new ground. <laughs> who knows? Break that glass ceiling. Break <laughs> that glass ceiling. Um, yeah. Thank you so much thank for having us much. as part of the network. Thank you for always being here. Thank you. Is um, what do we want to plug? I specifically want to plug glass of wine because I think <laughs> it's I think glass it's an excellent time. Um, we also just released Disney vs Disney. Yeah, that's which, a fun one. Which Disney vs Disney. I'm actually going to be on that at some point. You will. You so, are. What, which movie? Are I you believe I'm for? Bambi. Ah, um, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bambi or Dumbo or something. One of those. Uh, one of the for, old classics. For anyone who is uninitiated, Disney vs Disney is where we are weekly. Um, fight. Uh, so we put two Disney movies up against each other and we come to a conclusion on which one is the better one. So we will eventually find the ultimate. Whoever's the against best. me, get better get ready to get <laughs> yeah. I am formidable. <laughs> we have a private a private group for, for all of the debaters and there is a lot of uh, a lot of smack talk happening there at the moment. People are getting you. excited. Yeah. What what happened to you. the Goofy movie? Did it Goofy movie went through. Yes! Um, uh, 
Goofy movie took out Tangled. Good. Um, <laughs> um that's a travesty. Okay. Uh, no, it was correct. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I will we'll say. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Uh, yeah, so it, it, that was our our debate two weeks ago, I think, yeah. um, and Goofy Movie took it out, but it looks like Tangled has won the social media vote and oh. will be That's going because on. Tangled is superior. That's not because Tangled is superior. It's because more people know about Tangled, not the Goofy Movie. <laughs> so it looks like Tangled will be going through as a wild card to the next round. Oh, See, even the police agree. They're coming to arrest you for the <laughs> oh blasphemy. God, I'm not quite sure if you can hear the police sirens in the background, Heat. but I am being Ooh. caught. Uh, maybe, maybe they're actually here for you and your heresy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Um, yeah, we'll on agree that to note, on that note, we're gonna head. Um, we're gonna say thank you so much for coming to the studio. As we've said You're like welcome. three times for already, having the studio, <laughs> for having the studio, for having the network, for having us. Um, I think it's it's less thank you for coming to us and more thank you for letting us come to you. <laughs> letting us exist. Uh, letting in your us space. exist. Um yeah, I think we're okay to wrap up. If there's yeah. anything else anyone else no. wants to say. Be no. Be safe. Be safe. Drink um, water, care for yourself. Drink water, care for yourself. Don't um, drive in the rain dangerously, please. Don't drive in the rain dangerously. Um Christmas is coming up. I suggest Start budgeting and getting in on those good, good Black Friday sales. And look after yourself look after if yourself. family situations are stressful for you. If, yeah, prepare yourself for the Christmas and break. This is something that I've recently come to. If home is not a, is, is not a pleasant or, or safe place, you don't have to go. Yeah. No. If you have other options... You can yeah. you can stay away. We yeah. believe in you. You yeah. got this. You definitely have this. You have no idea how much you've got this. Remember, you have survived every bad day up 100% until now. 100% success rate. Yeah, and you will definitely take out whatever demon you're facing today. We believe in you. Uh, this has been General Queries. I'm your host, Talia. Good night, Australia. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.